0: I mean, with his record on clay, no one expected him to be like a force outside of clay. It's like, okay, you're good there, you know? Uh, outside of that, on tennis, on the hot surface, there's still a Roger. There's still a Djokovic. There's still other people upcoming. But for him to do this at this age now, coming off injury, as you say, is remarkable. And like I said, there's no shame for Medvedev. He's he number two. one
1: for you on that good list at the moment.
0: He pulled away from the other two guys to get to 21 first. Kang me.
1: I've been here many times before, and I've never been defeated. And still...
0: I will never be defeated. Two up front. It's Jay. And this is Chuck.
1: What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Up Front Podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Back again with another episode for this week, Doubling Up. This is how we do Chuck D. Miss Chicken Licking being like 30 bucks for
0: what? Six pieces? And three fries, dog. Bruh. And that was only 10 years ago, if I'm mistaken. Or was it twenty fifteen. I don't know, but it's still ridiculous that... You can't get that for less than 50 bucks But you still
1: get a chicken licking. (laughs) (laughs) Elastic bands. (gasps) Elastic bands. Like whoever's, whichever company produces those elastic bands, like chicken Licken, must be the biggest customer.
0: Elastic bands for wings. Elastic bands for pops. Elastic bands for family feast. Elastic bands for your serviettes and your cutlery and your condiments. Bruh. Talk about holding things together. Wow right there <laughs> what's up guys? uh episode number two of the week um let's get into uh into into it starting off with the u s open so australian I f- open australian open thank you um that's a couple of months ago so I figured Jaguuti it was a bad time this weekend to be named Daniel or Danielle. Um, because both those parties lost the finals, so Danielle, Danielle Collins lost the final, Daniel Medvedev lost the final, to Ashley Barty and Rafael Nadal respectively. Um, let's start off with the men's game, Jay. What do you make of the game and how it turned out? Because we was in the car and we were watching someone that score live, and then we got to see a bit of it in the end. I said to you, and I think it sticks uh, quite well. Look, if this nigga is wait, if 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 this player <laughs> is waiting, um for number 21 and two sets down and he's going to make a major comeback to win number 21 it's like the greatest win of all time and that's exactly what happened how did you see the game happening it's just like rafael
1: nadal right isn't it it's just like rafael nadal and
0: he's the king of i epic had games.
1: i had money on rafael nadal winning a set and i needed him to come through for a set and at, at the point where he was on his serve down three two down love 40 where you see Medvedev is jumping in the air, hitting that 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 backhand down the line. It, it it looked like curtains, and you heard from the commentators he's got the hammer and the nail and he's about to shut the coffin. But man, you know, someone asked me actually earlier, um uh wanting wanting to put money on, on this match and which direction should they go? Rather they asked me, should they put their money on Medvedev? And I was like Medvedev should win, and he starts as the favorite. But the one thing I don't do, I don't put money against Rafael Nadal. Because I've said this to you, Chuck. there has not, in my experience of watching sport, there's never been a greater competitor. When he is down, as I'm saying, 3-2 in the third, about to lose in straight sets, down love 40, if there is someone who can take themselves out of that horse, there's someone who can come back from that in a Grand Slam final, it is Rafael Nadal and on 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 the side of Medvedev i mean i i root for Roger Federer i've rooted for Roger Federer like throughout his career that's my favorite tennis player of all time and the great rival is Nadal so i did not want to see Nadal get to 21 um i would have preferred for Medvedev to to win that final but i'm not not too sad that Medvedev lost because of some of his antics that we saw in the semi-final we saw in the final again Somewhat justified in that in the semifinal, Tsitsipas um, was cheating and he's that's happened before with him getting coaching from his dad from the stands. And then also in the final, the thing that he was complaining about was that the umpire was not controlling the crowd and the crowd was so much against him um, because because of those rants, but also because of... <laughs> he mentioned when he was two 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 sets to love down and he came back to win, I think his quarterfinal match in the post-match interview he was asked what was going through his, his mind and he he decided to respond by saying that I thought to myself what would Novak do? Exactly. You say that to that crowd and this is after him saying as well that they are they are rude because of of, of them uh, screaming sue sue the Ronaldo <laughs> celebration <laughs> so he it was him against that crowd mm-hmm. and to begin with he was handling that quite well you know but yeah, man Rafa turned on Rafael Nadal and, and, and he brought it through.
0: I think what I liked, um, see, when you're talking about the set where 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 he turned it around and got a set back, finally in the match. With Nadal, I think the fight back started in the second set. Um, he lost that at six seven eventually in the tiebreak, but that's when he had started to build the momentum into the third set, which he finally won. But but what what I, what I saw in contrast, if you look at uh, Nadal against Berrettini in the semis, Nadal breaks uh service game in the first game of each set. Yeah. That already sets you on your way. We took him about to win this set unless something wrong happens if the guy breaks back. But with this one, going two sets down in the final, that puts you in a different space altogether. But the guy fought and fought and fought, And, I mean, there is no better player, as you say, in terms of going to the deep waters. Nadal is, is, is the king of, of these classic matches. And what I liked about Nadal is, 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 is the fight and the relentlessness because... Because Medvedev is exactly what he quoted in terms of, I will make you tied. I will make you fight for every point, just like Novak does. Because he was, he's, he plays from quite deep in the court. And that yeah. gives him an extra second or two to return and his shots far better. Um, but when you're playing against Nadal, who has no quit. Um, because I think the, the the key to beating Medvedev, what I saw from Tsitsipas a bit, was Tsitsipas was very, very, very aggressive um, in terms of um, trying to force a point against Umedvedev. He'd go to the, he would go to the net quite often. He'd smash way harder than he needs to to try in the the, the rallies quite quicker but uh nadal i think he timed timed his his game very well because once you're in the third fourth and fifth set championship sets if you could call them that there is no one better i think Medvedev hasn't done that long enough not in these high pressure games like U Nadal has done it and i think then that told because we have to give it to Medvedev though he is a quality player that, that backhand. I mean, I, I heard a stat that he's he, he has more shots on his backhand in these long rallies over the course of the tournament than anyone else. I'm like, who favors their backhand? And it is quite it he is really quite does. it's quite a weapon because you'd think that the backhand is the weaker side, and so you play towards that. But if he's returning then ferociously, what do you do? So it took maybe Nadal a bit of time to adjust, and he did that quite well. Um, he came on quite strong.
1: And when you when you mention that backhand, that's that is a weapon you want to have against Nadal because Nadal with that helicopter forehand of his and spins and not as dramatically on other surfaces as it does on clay, Mm. but it does kick up and it goes to the right-handers backhand where Medvedev is, what, two meters tall, whatever he is, and and his favorite shot is that backhand, and he can hit the backhand down the line, which is the one you want to have in your your, your toolbox against Nadal, you know? And it was working for him well um, for a majority of that match. I mean, when even 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 going back to that Tzipras match, like although he lost a set in that match, it is very clear to me now that Medvedev of um, the next gen guys, he's the guy at, who's leading who's oh, leading that pack at this Point, yeah, because he's played in four Grand Slam finals, right? He's lost three, but in all of his Grand Slams, he's played against Djokovic and Nadal, so he's right there, and the thing that stands in his way is the greatest of all time. And you cannot fault a guy for that. And But what what, what was proved to me is that there are levels to this, Chuck. Mm-hmm. There still are levels to this. because At, at their age. Even at their age. Because mm-hmm. you asked the question, um, would Nadal even have been in, in a position to play in the final had Djokovic been there? Because I believe um, Djokovic was seeded to play Nadal in the semis. And... That that might have gone differently, and maybe Medvedev would have preferred to actually see Djokovic on the other Get side in, of yeah. the net in the final, based on what he did in in another the US hot, Open yeah, final, way hard, hard court game. Hit him, he he beat him in, in in straight sets, and that he looked well on his way to doing the same thing as Nadal. And had he done that, there would have been an argument that this guy may be at the at the top of the men's game right now. But as it stands, he's 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 in that conversation. Um, and Nadal's victory is not. <laughs> It's not hollow, obviously, and it's not just some other guy that he's beaten to get to number 21 because Medvedev has been in the form of his life, especially on hard courts in the last six months from the North American swing that comes after after Wimbledon all the way through the US Open and into the final of the Australian uh, Open. He was the guy to beat on on hard courts. And, and I say that even including Djokovic because Djokovic had him in the final to win the calendar slam and he didn't even win a set over Medvedev. So... It 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 was a tough opponent, and 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 what told in the end was the competitive spirit of Nadal, in my opinion, uh, because something something that I heard in the broadcast was this was one of this was his longest match ever. That is Medvedev, hmm. not not the case for Nadal. Nadal has played that marathon match against Djokovic in the same Australian Open final. And the other two longest matches he's ever played in his life, one of them happened in in, in the previous rounds, the the match that I mentioned where he came back from two sets to love down. And another one was against Nadal in the Australian Open, which he lost. And when you've got that history against your opponent, that's something that you can't get away from. It's there. It's in the back of your mind. When he was flying at, at two sets to love up, that was the time to win that match. Mm. Like you need to, you need, you need to win it right here, right now. You do not want to give him a sniff, because both of you know the last time we were in a long match, this was the result. And with 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 with, with Nadal, Nadal was pumping his fist Chuck, when he just won a point to go like okay, fifteen forty. Yeah. I'm just like, if you're on the other side, you're looking at the
0: guys like, what kind of animal are you going up against? Like what's what's happening? I'm I'm still ahead. You know, yeah.
1: So like, and ultimately when they did then get to the fifth, Nadal was serving for the match but then medvedev to his credit and i was like okay this guy's going to win more current slams you know he won he won to save um the, the match he won that he broke uh in the serve but then gave the break away the very next game and one of the points he hits a drop shot i'm just like you've not been hitting drop shots the entire evening why are you suddenly getting cute and that must have been him getting tight mm-hmm. once again he he competed um especially in the loss said he he competed that is what you need to do against Nadal, but it's hard to outcompete Nadal.
0: You know what? I think one thing that he's got spot on, Medvedev, is is the mentality. I think that guy is a killer. Um, the commentators um, remarked on on like at the end of the point when he walked back to his mark. I think to receive the serve, he does not look away at the opponent. He keeps his gaze at the opponent. Like, it's dude. very confrontational. Yeah, like, dude, you 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 you're in this. You're dialed in. Or for, for you, you're here for the long run. So, what I loved about that guy is that. One one he is quality. Um, he never he never goes away um, because even in the fifth set, Nadal had to work for each and every point to get it. And I think that that I mean, in terms of you, him being the next gen star, I think you're spot on about that because I was very about Tsitsipas about Dominic. Thim, they come and they go. This guy's at this point in time in the last calendar year at least he's been coming and it's coming no and coming. Now. Yeah, at some point at some point he's gonna break through because these guys are not gonna play, and, play on forever. And he seems to be the one guy who's maintained his level for the longest time. So what one thing that I want to note uh, or I'll speak on is remember we remarked, when was it? it's been a while now, I think. When did when did Tony leave or, or, or Roger or Rafa, Uncle Tony? It's been a couple there. of years. Is he still there? He's still there. Not as no, the main no, coach. Not, not the main coach, yes. Oh, all right. Because I heard oh, Carlos Moyes helped him with his serve and yeah. I think that helped him a lot because he had a very low percentage in terms of first serves in the game. Even um, in this
1: match, you serve like, what, three aces compared to like 22, I think. Yeah, but they Umefedev. were coming
0: in a bit quicker, which means it kept him in the game because Umed Fedev, I think, along with Djokovic, one of the best defensive guys, because he stands so far back in the court. The return, the return is very good. Yeah. So if you got a bit more more speed and you keep yourself in the point, especially if you're two sets down and you want to keep in the match, I think that helps a lot. So I think him adapting that because... It didn't hamper him too much playing on clay, um, having the slower serve, because it kicks up, he, he can spin and do all these things and add variation. Whereas on the hard and court, he wants to get it's limited.
1: You, he wants to get you in a rally on clay anyway.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, but he's there for the rally, good addings, Nadal. Nadal is always there. Whether you have to hit that extra shot long or... he's He doesn't mind running.
1: He hit this running forehand and... Ugh, His man,
0: forehand was on fire, though, in, this, in the final. It was
1: ridiculous. Line. And it's one of those... And you, I, I've seen it so many times against Roger. You kind of know it's coming because... Yes, you've you've pulled him wide to his forehand, and he's gotten and you've put him in a position where he's got no other choice but to pull the trigger, and he's gonna pull it, that trigger, and he's gonna hit. That parabolic shot of his, like it comes round from the outside and somehow it lands deep and it still lands in within the lines and it's just like, what can you do, you yeah. know? Or the one where he's where he's standing in the middle of the court and he hits the forehand inside out, somewhat, where he goes over the net, high over the net because of the topspin, and then lands on on the right hand side of the opponent. It's like you are not in a position to hit that shot, and you can you can't do anything but marvel at that because. Against these kind of guys, Chuck, like when they've got, when they've got tools that you just don't have, you can't like be mad at You, those you guys. can't be mad at that because nah. he's doing something which, yes, he was taught, but there's talent that comes through. Everyone hits a forehand, hmm. but no one hits a forehand like like Nadal, you know. So when he does those things, you have to you 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 just have to eat that, and and on a night where he's reminding everyone coming back from injury that yeah. he's he's that guy.
0: Like I mean, with his record on clay, no one expected him to be like a force outside of clay. It's like, okay, you're good there, you know? Uh, outside of that, on tennis, on the hot surface, there's still a Roger. There's still a Djokovic. There's still other people upcoming. But for him to do this at this age now, coming off injury, as you say, is remarkable. And like I said, there's no shame for Medvedev. He's number one
1: for you on that gold list at the moment.
0: He pulled away from the other two guys to get to 21 first. Kang me. <laughs> it, it must be. just Just king the guy because... Then it was, it was. I mean, fine. O- o- Roger had pulled away, and then Nadal, Nadal was second, and Djokovic made this rampant run to join the guys on twenty. But at this point in time, to do it, I mean, it was remarkable when Roger won the, the Wimbledon at his age, and when he won the US Open, Australian Open, Australian Open at his game. at his age. And then for him, for for Nadal to do that and break away with that. I mean, at some point we're gonna to have to crown in Novak because Novak is still there; he's not gonna go away. No but, for me. but for now, for now, let's give it the guy the flowers. Man. You know what? Of course, the number would suggest that
1: he's at number one, and mm. good argument for that. For me, it's just the variety of titles. So this is his second Australian like Open title ever, mm-hmm. um, which means though that he, I, I suppose, with with Djokovic, the only guy who's won a a double slam. I'm not sure if, if Rod Lever did that. Not too certain. But Nadal has at least two of each of the four Grand Slam titles. Roger doesn't have that because he only has the one uh, French Open title. And for me, there's, there's too many French titles, French Open titles in, in his number. You know, yeah. um, Whereas I'm saying, this is in his long and illustrious career, this is only the second time he's but won. D- would you not say Open that's title. similar
0: to like a Pep Guardiola where you've got so many leagues, but we're waiting for the Champions League, but we're st- you're, st- you're still great.
1: Oh, it's not taking away from his greatness. It's I'm comparing to him to the absolute the other guy, the zero point zero zero one percentile. You know where it's just it's just it's just Federer and Djokovic that we're talking about. Yep. Nobody else. Mm. And, and if I'm if I'm if I'm weighing it up against Djokovic, because Djokovic does have a more um, varied um, amount of titles. Like he's got a lot of Grand Slam titles at the different slams. I think he only has two French Open titles as well. But that's also because he's playing the era of Rafael Nadal. You know, mm. but yeah, for me, I, I I think I still have to put like Djokovic just ahead, especially because I've seen Djokovic. What we're talking about now, where Nadal took Medvedev into the deep end, into mm. the deep waters, and he couldn't swim. Ultimately, in the end, when that has happened with Djokovic, Djokovic has risen to the occasion. Um, that six-hour final, Djokovic is the one who won that. In 2019, Djokovic destroyed Nadal in in the Australian Open final. That's something that's never happened against Nadal against anyone else. Mm. But Djokovic has that where okay, if it's a it's a if it's a question of will, I have that over this guy. And also, if it's a question of who has it on the day and can you can can you rise back up to the occasion, he's he's dusted him up as I'm saying in the final. And when you look back last year in that French Open semifinal, Djokovic fell behind against Nadal in the French Open and he came back and he won that and he goes on to win um Roland Garros those things for me ultimately his record against because it's it's a one on one game you mm. know in tennis and his record against that direct opponent tilts it mm. for me in his in his direction and i think it's although um Djokovic has to come back now and he has to leap over Nadal in terms of the numbers for him ultimately he, he, has, to, he has to do that to have the title um, of goal yeah,
0: just so he's recognized for me in my heart will always be Roger regardless of what the numbers are like and if he ever comes back from surgery and from his injuries and but I think for now um, it's, it's crazy
1: though Chuck. that first time we ever see a, a, a male player get to 20 slams
0: there's two other guys in this generation that do the same thing and this, we we are players right now. I mean, we talk about the same thing with Messi and Ronaldo that we have them both at this time. So um, here we'll it fortunate.
1: is. fortunate, and it's Roger's fault. He created these monsters <laughs> he did. because they looked at him and said, <laughs> oh, these are so the heights that, that you can go. get.
0: Oh, this is how deep you can go into your career. Which means that uh, I mean, tennis is an exciting place because Nevedev has, has risen to the to the occasion, and other guys need to follow suit. Those are the dudes that need to do it because we we need to see that next generation challenge these guys
1: because that will be that would that will, that would be exciting. That would, just be exciting.
0: And then in the women's final um in the, for the first time in 44 years an Australian woman has won the Australian Open. That's Ash Barty. Um she's played marvelously through, through the entire tournament. Um she came against a very 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 um I'd say maybe somewhat of a of a, of a wild card in terms of how far she's gotten because I've heard of Collins but I, I didn't know how good she was. Um Collins is a power hitter. Um, she's got a lot of power in those hands, and she, it, it has forced points in her favor in terms of when she was on the back foot. She's got so much power to rely on, especially on the back backhand. But DuBarchi's got a lot of variation in the game, and she's played very, very well. And so here I was catching up on the highlights, and then Ash Barty wins the second, uh, second set, and I'm like, let's see what happens in the third. And I'm like, oh, it's over. There is, because- no. There is no third. <laughs> I just thought the crowd would go more crazy than they did, but. Hadings lost the, She lost the opportunity because she was ahead in the second set and she was supposed to to get set number two and then take it to a thingy, a decider. Um, which she didn't because Barty came back phenomenally to 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 AJ in the end. Um, but all well done to Ash Barty,
1: Chuck. Ash Barty in this in this in this um usher in open didn't lose a set six love, six one first round, six one, six one second round, six two, six three in the third, fourth round, six four, six three in the quarters, six two, six love. In the same is six one six three, and then straight sets against Collins as well. No, she's
0: arrived. She's here. That's a demolition job. She's here job. for it.
1: That is a demolition job. And you know, I've,
0: I've never heard of such numbers though. Serena does. Has, has, this. Has yeah, Serena got run yeah, all the way.
1: This is this, this is Serena stuff. Um, wow. I think Justina as well did it, like in the in the French Open and in her heyday. So, and in her home tournament, where there's a reason no one has won in forty four years because the there is the pressure, mm. you know, and she plays in that final and the opponent is one who just beat uh, Swiatek in the in the in the semifinals and did so easily which was to surprise to me because i think yeah. Swiatek is the next big thing in women's tennis and she did it just swinging like it, it was like a power display of boom, note and boom, so she boom. comes into that final and no one really expected her to be there so she's not got anything to lose whereas hmm. barty is the world number 1 she is carrying the hopes of the nation as you say first time in 44 years and everyone is expectant and she she blows it away in that in the, in that first set and then in the second set um she 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 missed she missed a a backhand volley to to lose to you no know, to try to break back and eventually in the second set she's down 5-1 you know
0: at that point Collins is supposed to have that wrapped up you would at think five, so one and but then, then lose here the match.
1: comes Ashley Barty to say not today
0: no, today what's gonna happen is history is about to happen. So that means she must be broken twice, right? Yeah. At five one to to be on par.
1: And she she came back. Because wow. and you know you know the thing with Barty, right? Barty's been number one for such a long time. And the thing that you were you were wondering is is she gonna be the type of world number one like um Wojniaki who was number one on, the, on the rankings, but yeah. she never she never she she hadn't won a Grand Slam title, you know. And even though she was number one, you and always knew... Then she broke
0: up with the that, golf and then got a title. And
1: then she got a title. So I <laughs> just want to add that. Re- yeah, yeah. Relationships, you know, kind of mm. knock you off course sometimes. <laughs> because you knew, even though Nike was number one, that Serena was the best player in the world. Like, yeah. w- she wasn't playing all the tournaments, which is why her ranking wasn't at number one. But when she showed up at the Grand Slams, um, no if you know what time it is. he has the slams now to go with the number one um, ranking. She is very much firmly the number one player in the world and i like barty hey because the women's game for better words is 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 one dimensional like yep. it is it is a power game it is just like these ladies back of the court and just swinging away whereas with barty she's got like she's got the drop shot she's got the slice um she plays with so much variation and she it, it's pinpoint accuracy and her forehand is quite nice mm-hmm and she as i'm saying she she's good with the volley that's why it was a surprise when she missed let, that backhand volley to not be able to break um because that's something that she also has in the tool bag and she's she's someone who's easy to root for you know and even when she speaks she, you get growth. that sense that she's just a nice lady you know so <laughs> yeah man it was it was very impressive like just getting away from oh she's like a, this sweet person and yeah the rom- the romance of her doing it in front of her home crowd just on on the display she should put forth in in the in the in the two weeks at the Australian deserved.
0: I think Collins Earned. Collins could could be back in contention um in other tournaments because she's 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 well built for the power game um she's not like a, a she's twenty eight Chuck. she's not as big as I like, would Davenport or Serena in terms of physical presence but she's there for the power and you know sometimes when I'm watching the women's game when you, when someone returns a slice back and I'm like how are you gonna fear when someone bombs it back to you you know but but but. I think Barty was 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 smart enough with the variation to trip her up in terms of what she's expecting um, back from Barty, and I think she 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 almost she almost went all the way, but she made a game of it. I mean, 5-1 five up, five up against someone who just like, you lost a set to who was dominant in the first game. finally it wasn't a six love, but she she was far and away ahead in terms of she was comfortable on her serve and she was putting you on uh, she was putting pressure on you on your serve. So for her to come back to five one and be and in, in the pound seat for that set. I mean, mentally, she didn't go away. I wouldn't say that. Barty was just greater. But I'd, I'd love to see Collins back again, Danielle Collins, and see what she does. Because as we have noticed with the, with the women's game, people come and they go, sadly. Um, Sierra Tech at least went to the semis again. So she's still there consistent. Um, Barty is there, as you say, consistent consistent again, not just with the ATP 500s, but in the Grand Slams as well. So I hope to see her again. I think she's got the game to push people because there's not much time left, um, but she can push people.
1: Yeah, my only thing with, with, with Collins is she is twenty eight. You know, and is it? Did she have one of those purple
0: patches oh, during yeah. the two weeks day um, of, of Grand Slam, which has happened multiple well, times? I, I need to drop this on you. What happened to Osaka? Because she dropped off first round, if I'm mistaken, if not second.
1: I'm actually not sure. Eh? Um, is,
0: is is she still having trouble with the game? Because she said, I think at the U.S. Open, if I'm mistaken. That she's back enjoying her tennis now again, um, and I think that's where you start um, enjoy yeah. it again, and then you'll move through the chaos because she is clearly talented. You don't get so many grand slams on, on just uh, sheer luck. She she disappeared, and we don't know what's what's. I come think we need her. to
1: see her playing more tennis. Um, as we know, what happened last year, her dropping out of the French, and then not playing Wimbledon nor the U.S. Open. Um, mm. and that the troubles that she had um, with, with media and, and that spotlight on her and like uh, her mental health issues mm. and this is this is the top of the game you know um, as however good you are you don't you don't tend to just come back and it goes swimmingly so I think if she gets more matches under her belt mm. um, I don't know if the French Open is the place where we, we will see her you know, quite get to a place where she's contending because that's not her favorite surface but may surprise us you know but i think a good run of matches under her belt and we will see naomi osaka back to the very top because as you say she didn't win those slams based on luck um she's really really good um so if she's enjoying her tennis and if she's in a good place mentally and she does get some more match practice we can expect to see her um
0: and i saw like on videos promoting her, her boyfriend's albums on on camera so oh yeah yeah hey, like, writing on the writing on the okay,
1: on the, yeah. on the like. That's dope, man. Um, and Kodee as well was, I think, was on the breakfast show and they asked him about uh, his girl making more money. So, like, that that's true. Yeah, <laughs> he makes way more money than the I do. If he's best in
0: the game, then hey, you can't hate on that. Nah, you can't.
1: All right, Chuck. Switching gears to to the recently closed um, transfer window. A lot of deals were made, and there were deals that were that were not made. Um, I Actually, want to ask you about certain individual uh, occurrences during this window. First and foremost. Erickson is back in football. Um, back in the Premier League, was signed um by Brentford. Your thoughts around that?
0: I don't know. Um I would love to watch Ericsson play football again. It was a shame Muguti, um in the Serie they are hot is it hot monitor rules that yeah. you can't play with with that uh, equipment because they don't want to take that risk, I think. Um it's just good for me. He's playing for Brentford, and I don't know what the expectations are. Like, is one player enough to change to turn it around? I mean, the story is great in that he's playing football like, at a very competitive level, which is the Premier League. But for Brentford as a side, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking maybe the, some of the bigger teams maybe missed a trick. Maybe a Wolves could have done with an addition like that. Maybe a, a Villa, but Villa, Villa recently signed Coutinho, yeah. maybe they don't need that. But one of the teams looking to, you know, just go a step up could have that guy for. Um, sign him on loan initially, and then maybe have him sign him on permanently for a year or two. There's still a decent um, uh, level of football in, in Ericsson. So my initial, um, or rather my conclusion on the deal is that it's, it's, it's a great It's great for Brentford to have that name um, on their books. Um, what he can bring, I don't know. Um, in fact, I don't even know how you treat that case. Do you, do you just treat him like a regular footballer in terms of normal workload run and training with anyone else, or do you manage his workload so that you can have him on on, on, on match days? I don't know, but generally speaking, you can't be mad at Brentford for um, engineering that move. They got him, and good luck. Uh, that's all I can say, really. I mean, it's a great
1: story. Yeah, like it is because we all saw the images at the Euros, you know. and yeah, that was worrying. We all felt the feelings. Um, and he's back, and he's he's back playing football. But I am also concerned. You know, mm-hmm. when you ask the question, like, what do they do with him? That is the question. What what happens there? Where Syria drew a line in this, uh, like, um. In the sand that that we don't we don't even want to deal with those situations, and we've seen like Kuno Guerrero has retired recently yeah. because of a a heart defect, you know, mm-hmm. and I am I am worried, and maybe there's nothing to worry about because obviously he has been given a green light by um, medical practitioners, his doctors, doctors who know way more than I do about um, yeah. the conditions of hearts and who've actually worked with. Even if I was a doctor, and I'd, I'd be speculating whatever commentary I make because his doctors. Would know exactly what his medical condition is, and they have they they've given him the okay Mm. to get back into football. So that's a good sign, and you would think he's also gotten the best treatment, you know. But you can't help but 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 think back to the fact that last time I saw this guy on a football pitch, this was happening, you know, and now he, as you say, he plays with a device in his heart to regulate his heartbeats. So you you're hoping modern medicine is is so far advanced that that doesn't even become an issue. He plays five games and you're like, oh, okay, mm. we've we've got nothing to worry about here. Yeah. And in terms of Brentford, um, and I think that's why he's actually joined Brentford because I don't I don't know if the other teams wanted to touch that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if like they felt comfortable. Maybe they felt like just how, like how I do. Like how how how
0: can sign Triore, who's. Basically, done nothing like Ericsson. I think you'd get more from no, Ericsson yeah. than uh, Triori. The technical
1: but, player that Eriksson is, as you know. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, from set pieces, from general gameplay, running a game, he gives you way more than Trioria, But as you said, only Brentford. I mean, wouldn't hear of any other rumors in terms of teams that looking uh, looking we to didn't. sign Ericsson. Yeah, it was not Brentford. Now, not now, not before. Yeah, it was just, okay, Inter's like, we're not going to handle this because of our rules. And no one else has said anything since then. And he's been practicing. And they could have signed Jack Wilshire while they were at it. <laughs> <laughs> just and just since they bring players in from the cold, but I mean, ultimately, I think his personal story um is is the shining part one. of this, of this uh, uh, it's transfer. A, it's a
1: great one. I mean, with Brentford being Brentford, this is not going to end with them winning a championship or anything. But you know what? Even if he, uh, whenever he retires, mm. it's great to know that he's going to be doing it on his own terms. It would have been sad, as it has been said for Kuhn, yeah. um, if he was forced to retire, and man it's good it's good to have him
0: back on our screens, you know I think with Quinin was on some messes is gone. there's no money in this club Has might as well let me just like, go fishing may, may as well
1: and then switching to his former teammate uh De Ali, De Ali has left Spurs and he's joined Everton and at Everton joined by a new coach in in Frank Lampard as well as your boy, Donny van de Beek. starting with Dele Ali, was it about time like is this? Is this a move that w- was supposed to happen right now? And do you have any expectations of any kind
0: of Delhi Ali? Man, you know what? Sometimes I feel January transfer windows are way bigger than they need to be. Um, people are spending way more money than they need to, because you we're far into the season. Yeah, like case in point now, when Delhi Ali is moving. I don't even know what Frank is getting from Delhi Ali because, oh, oh, oh no, no, came in and, and gave that guy a new lease on life. Okay, I'm gonna start integrating you back into the team. Did nothing. Yeah. They they tried him out again, he did nothing. I I don't know what's the issue with Deli Ali because one one time he's on top of the world, the next thing he's not, and then you don't even know what to what do you make of it. So I mean I'm <sighs> Frank Lampard seemingly is just Taking whatever's available, Tony Van de Beek. Uh, like I said, he needs to remind us how good he is again. But I mean, he's got more recent game time where in the Champions League, in Bonilla, uh with Ajax, Bonile. also a bit part for United. But it's Van de Beek for
1: you, who <laughs> just someone who's available as well. Does he fall into that category?
0: Just about, um, because I mean, he's had a horrid time at United. There's no way to hide it or even make that sound nice. He's been underutilized. I mean, when you're playing a Matic ahead of Van de Beek, something is wrong. Um, I don't know if with the player or with the coaching, um, but I mean, I think Frank is just taking whatever people are not clamoring for. And I think maybe if if Brentford didn't sign Eriksen, maybe Frank were taking that risk as well. But I don't know if this necessarily helps Everton signing Teli I think maybe with Van der Beek, Teli Ali, I'm asked one. I think with Townsend with Gray there, or DCL, Dominic is back. Richarlison I think is fit again. They had a very stable um, front line attack and they were good enough in terms of troubling teams. Adding Oh Oh Deli Ali, I don't know where he fits in that team. Number one, number two. I mean, they've got yeah, they've got Ola and they've got Decore They've got Gomez in terms of their midfield. I I don't see him displacing anyone actually. With the level that I've seen of uh, of of Ali of of late, I don't see him displacing anyone. And the thing is, it's not a loan; it's a permanent move. Um. So angazdan done. As in, Delia's career started well. Where it is now, what I make of it now, angazdan done. I don't even know what to Chuck, say. these but,
1: guys are not doing well. They were not doing well. Like I mean, I th- I think last fourteen games. have only won once. Yeah, yeah. They were Arsenal. not.
0: They were not. But yeah, if you if you look back at last season, right, and how they stormed to the top and whatever. Got last season up, is last season, though. Yeah, but in terms of what what's happened then, since then, this Charleston has been injured. Dominic, Dominic has been injured as well. Gray has had uh, spurts here and there. Way has been gold, same as Townsend. Or Takori has been injured here and in there. Gomez as well. They haven't been able to fill that team consistently. And I think if you do that, then Everton fall back into the top half, I think, by the end of the season. But you
1: see, that's that that is the issue right there. Um, which is something I um, was noting about about Arsenal that Arsenal need bodies because you cannot guarantee that guys are going to be healthy, especially in the Premier League. You know, especially when you've had a situation whereby as you say, you've been riddled by injuries in this team, like throughout. Um and in, in, in midfield, if everyone is available, which is what was was happening last season where when we thought they were top four contenders, it was because Rodrigu like James was 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 available, um Gomez was available, Tacora was available, and the Alan was was there, and they you knew that those were the four in the midfield and when they're available they beat Spurs and like away at Spurs. But then when someone falls out of form and then eventually leaves the club and then the other guys are not are not are, are not available for and forget they're not on form, they're just not available. Mm. You can't you can't guarantee that they're gonna be there, you know. So they did need guys. Sure. Um I don't know about Delhi Ali though. Mm. Uh I've never known about Delia Ali though. As 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 you know, I've never I've yeah. never rated Delia Lee. Not he, even he, in his pump. N- not even. Um yeah. I think he's just one of those guys because his English I mean he he did burst onto the scene and and he was firing in that first Alan season. Oh uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> burst onto the scene. Oh no, if if you want if you want to like, listen to Ricky and like this guy is he's still young actually. He's 25 I believe. So there's, there's there's still a lot of runway in front of him like James where had, he can, he can make it,
0: noise seven years at spurs I, there's nothing that i can point to like this guy was great he's had good games at his best he was at his best when he was 20. which means we have not seen as
1: described by other people his best for like four years you know and i say by other people because even at his best when i watched him <laughs> it's like ah, okay he's a mm. he's a football player mm. and he's a premier league level player but um, when he was being touted, maybe as like the next big thing in English football, and it's like, nah, man, not this dude. Although at Everton is the place to go because, as I'm saying, um, they are in desperate need of 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 help, and I think Van der Beek as well uh, is is should help them. You know, he should give them something that they're not getting from the other the other midfielders, uh, especially with Gomez not being available for the the better part of the season.
0: Do you think um because frank is also a new addition to everything do you think this is his level of club and do you think he's got enough um resources to make something uh decent in this campaign
1: we're gonna find out aren't we mm. um although you know because frank was coaching chelsea um and how it ended there was the idea that maybe frank lampard is not that good of a coach i don't know why he got well i know why he got the chelsea job that was just pure nepotism because it was an no boy because what he what he did at derby i mm-hmm. believe wasn't anything to make you go, okay, that guy should be the best Now Rooney's about Chelsea to trump coach. him
0: and, and, and survive relegation after administration. And according him, and the points, greatest thing in his, in his whole career. Actually, Rooney's got his hands full. <sighs> what that and club was. In the first game of the season, they had, I think they were understaffed. They didn't have enough players to yeah. actually, <laughs> they didn't have a centre-back. No, it talked what 21 points and, and trying to survive and with Tostango the minus running.
1: 21. Yeah, man, that, that grizzly old man, like, can I say that because he looks like a grizzly <laughs> old man. It's, it's doing the, wonders. It's the stress of managing Kirby. <laughs> it really is, ah, but wow. and I and he was he was he was called in for an interview by Everton, mm-hmm. and he says he turned it down. He says he knows he's good enough to be a coach in the Premier League, but now, and Rooney's that dude. Hey, like, cause when I read that quote, Chuck, I was just like, Rooney yeah, is looking at his career and said, okay, here's, a, here's an opportunity for him to move up in his career. One, he's 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 got enough self confidence to say that this is going to happen for him mm-hmm. eventually if not here and he's the one who's turning it down for the simple fact that he's got a project going on and they've as you say suffered as much as they have and he wants to see it through Wayne Rooney man that's 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 Wayne Rooney being Wayne Rooney but back to Everton and 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 Frank um I I think Frank is going to be good for Everton I think so Mm -hmm. because he did qualify Chelsea for the Champions League with that transfer ban bringing on those younger players into the squad um yeah, it didn't quite work out when they got him all those signings, but we've, we've seen Tuchel um, struggle also That's now rough. with those signings of, of recent. But when we when you o- look at the overall job that he did at Chelsea, I think you'd want to say that it was a good job. It was a you good know, job, yeah, Especially in his full season.
0: Even when he was fired, Jay, he was only about six points off at worst.
1: And they touched the top of the league um, yeah. at some point. So, yeah, man, I... I think I, th- I think Frank will uh, and also he can't do much worse than like what we're where they they they've fallen to the levels into which they've fallen.
0: Yeah, one one since September, Penitius was just doing something else here. Eh?
1: So Werner Biak is gone, as we say, is at Everton, and he's one less person at Manchester United. Marshall gone at Manchester United. We've seen what's happened with Greenwood of late. Another one yep. gone from Manchester United. Where are where's your team right now?
0: having not made any moves um, I think they're still in a decent space because um, Greenwood was a starter and if we remove for instance Greenwood there's Sancho available there's Rashford available we still have Okavani we still have midfield options um, so I think we're not we're not too badly hurt by the departures I think um, people start getting game time because there aren't there are less options now no Marshall, no Van der Beek no um, Greenwood so I think at this point in time because we had a relatively large squad, I think with with, with less players, um, I think this, that was Ralph's, um preference to have less players in terms of implementing his philosophy and getting his training drills going. I think it maybe does help us in the long run, although, I mean, we are def- definitely on Miss Greenwood. We definitely will. Not much because he was not playing anyway, so uh, maybe next season when he, when he proves himself, it, it might seem better. But I don't think we've regressed or gone back um, by losing these players. I think we are in the same boat, and... If we are, current, if we're going to do anything that's similar to what we did against West Ham, we're still in a good spot, so I, I'm not worried not just yet.
1: Yeah, I think what you mentioned in terms of um, you guys are already deep, uh, and we're, we're we're talking about the fact that Mata hasn't played. Like, when last did you see Mata? And you guys are even sharing sharing starting spots, giving Jones a run in the team, hey. and also. Made the decision to not uh, part ways with Jesse Lingard again. Newcastle wanted him. West Ham wanted him in the
0: summer. Like no. Sometimes the, the big the big guys just don't play fair. I mean, o, o Romero. I think in coming to this season, he wasn't allowed to go. Um, I think when he wanted to think in the previous January window, mm. and he didn't play at all. Um, and eventually left, and I don't think it was amicable when he how he left. Lingard gets loaned out to West Ham, he plays well, and now there's a chance for him to play. Having Bo saying, oh, if there's a place for you, you're going to play. And he just comes in for a little five minutes, little ten minutes. I think that's just not dealing well with the boy. And you could have gotten some money. But anyway.
1: And I don't understand because now they're going to lose Lingard for for free. I want to say I don't understand, but if your pockets are that deep, you make these kind of decisions because... In in most other situations, you would think to yourself that, well, especially after his stint with West Ham last season and the form that he was in, now his uh, stock is very high. And mm. this is when you want to sell him, you know, um, make make make. hay while the sun is shining on, on, on his form and his career at that point. And then uh, Oli said he's got plans for Lingard and we did not see those plans come to fruition. Ragnick now also, same thing, I says think, he's got play, they're, they're, plans they're for they're Lingard.
0: S- there's there's there there's notes that are possible from manager to manager, like, don't touch them, God don't play Van der Beek because it doesn't make sense. Even when we're struggling, Jay, even when we're struggling in games against Abu Watford, against Newcastle, against Norwich, there isn't that idea with, well, you know what? The, the starting 11 has failed. Let's play Van der Beek. Let's play Lingard. It never happens. So I think those guys don't have a future at United. I, I really don't think so unless something miraculous happens. But as far as in terms of what we've seen, in terms of when they've gotten a chance to win, when, we, when we're leading in games and we're comfortable, they don't come on. When we need um, major changes to try to turn the game in our favor, they don't come on so I don't think they've got a future at that club so let's see maybe Lingard plays because we are a couple of players less Um, but I don't see it happening
1: someone whose future has been cut short Um, at the previous club now is Aubameyang. Um I Aubameyang's cool. career has ended at Arsenal <laughs> just like that and in the most soap opera way that <laughs> he apparently was in Barcelona of his own volition uh he what just holiday. happened to be in <laughs> Barcelona which happens to be also the city that the, the of the team that eventually joined and he's now at Barcelona 18 month loan um there's 18 months there was 18 months uh remaining on his contract with Arsenal um so effectively it's a free transfer mm-hmm. and I believe he's taken a pay cut from seven million pounds uh, so or euros whichever a year to two million um and now he's a Barcelona player <sighs>
0: Was it time? It was time for him to move, man. It just wasn't working anymore. I think ever since he signed the ting, um I think at the end of of last season, he was somewhat trying. The beginning of this season, I didn't quite get that impression that Aubameyang is trying. I think, and and, and and you know when you're in a team and things work well without you in the team? Um, that That is a sign. Um, and with also disciplinary issues, I think Arteta had had, had, had had enough with Aubameyang because he's saying things like, as a captain, you shouldn't be acting like this and this and this. And you know Arteta speaks his mind when people cross a particular line. So I think it just wasn't working out. It was going to be hard to... Ingratiate him back into the team and get him running again because it was somewhat settled to wanna play with Kazet, wanna play with nketiah and not use Obama Young. So it was about time. But it's troubling on the other end Lut, after Adama Traore, then yang again. I don't know what
1: was, boy. I d I don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> The there. front
0: two, the front two of Dama Young. They 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 now have E. I- Joyce Middlesbrough, which was a breath weight and traore back together there. And then they've got Obama Young you know what? Chavi knows what he's doing, and he'll explain it to us after a while. But I, mean, I don't see it.
1: It is an upgrade on the young, because
0: I don't even know. I wonder because I
1: guess I'm I'm curious to see what 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 they're gonna do at Barcelona, because they see it's it's strange because first of all they broke we know that, and they keep. They're asking of TT to take pay cards, is, PK
0: to take pay cards. The second most of anyone in the And yet they don't window. have
1: money. And, they, and 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 the players that they are bringing in are guys which are head-scratchers, you know? Because if Barcelona have watched Aubameyang at Arsenal in recent times, it does it, it does not compute. Um, I think we we're saying, like, I think he's got, what, 13 goals in his last two seasons at Arsenal? Having started off, like, a house on fire when he joined, and which led to him signing the thing because... He was Arsenal's best player for mm-hmm. a stretch there, and most important player as well. Has scored some important goals, scored against uh, Manchester City FA Cup semi-final, and then again in the final against Chelsea. Um, Arsenal did what Arsenal do: won an <laughs> FA Cup, and and then when Xhaka was stripped of the captaincy, he was given the armband. And then he goes and he he, he violates team rules have, that have been set up by Arteta, which you would think everyone um, has bought into, which maybe he didn't buy into. And my my thoughts are that he did not quite like this coach. Um, mm-hmm. I I have a sense of 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 Arteta's time at Arsenal as someone who is it's very regimented. Um, I yep. see it in the play where you'd see Arsenal should be. Spoken play, And they should just be going ahead And you see them Getting back into a formation and, and, and it feels as if In their heads They can hear the coach's voice That well You always need to be In these positions And also when he speaks And, and he speaks about Discipline as well And about how um, he, he doesn't want guys Who don't want to be there And how they've just been Shipping guys All over 194 million pounds Worth of signings Have all gone for free The likes of Uzo Of Aubameyang, um Kolasinic And the likes And the coach is on board with that, you know. And I think also with the age factor where he's not that much older than Obama Young. because mm. Young did get into trouble for violating team rules. And then he goes and he does it again for what we think, I think, to go have a tattoo. And at that point, Chuck, you think to yourself, I mean, as 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 wild and carefree as you might think Obama Young is that, is, that is premeditated. You know, he knows... What the consequences of that are gonna be, and he was done. Mm. He was he he was done playing for Arteta, but also he was done because of his form. Mm. And I think you know he checked out, and I think the coach as well didn't want him there anymore. So it made sense for everyone to go their
0: separate ways. I think now it somewhat makes sense how he was called up for the Gabon squad. It wasn't okay. He was having his health checked somewhere in London. And Arteta uh, confirmed that he's somewhere in London. He's left, somewhere, somewhere yeah. He's not with the team. And, and he's not back in the team, yeah. And then now he's gone to Spain for holiday. But then it turns and out then that he's... That signing
1: it's... a contract with the team. Because <laughs> he, he
0: must have left the, the Afcon to... Uh, rather fix his future and make sure he gets a decent contract or rather speak to his agent or whatever he did but that holiday trip turned out to be a footballing decision that's benefited him but ah, I don't know man one thing I'm so sure of is that it was time for him to leave Arsenal that's definitely true but in terms of where he's landed up now and what he can offer I don't know you know as an Arsenal fan Nechak
1: um, it is sad to see how these careers are ending Um, and I don't like it Mm. because if you are someone who Arsenal are courting to come to the club, and you see how they've treated their the 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 players, and players speak, mm. you know, and and these things go around. You see, you and I see it, I, and I these guys a triple, speak amongst themselves as I did, well.
0: I saying that Arsenal do this thing to a, yeah, Aubameyang. It's Typical, yeah. yeah he typical. was saying mm. that
1: this is this is what Arsenal do, and this is something that's that, that's going to go around Europe, and you're going to think to yourself. I don't want to go there. You know, mm. I've seen they love you and they love you, but when they are done with you, they just kick you to the curb. Um, they let you sit in, in stands with an umbrella and let you pay for, <laughs> for the mascot dinosaurus. salary. <laughs> so I don't, I don't like um the feeling that mm. is that that is around and, and and the idea and the narratives that are developing around how Arsenal treat their players. And I also do, I also don't like the business and the lack of business that Arsenal are doing. Mm. There's a lot of hairs that need to roll. Um, edu first of all um, as i said because if your job is to to sign sign players um extend contracts and um to be dealing in the in in, in the transfer market and you're not doing any of those things literally that's your whole job the why are you still in the job because yeah. the thing that edu is able to do he's able to go directly to la liga and, and 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 pay funds which well no one can stop you from signing that player that doesn't take any skill of negotiation also he's able to like, cancel guys' contracts or pay them out and ask them to leave for, to leave as a result. And that doesn't take my skill, but, like, are you willing to put money on the table? And he's not talking to anyone. As I, like, as I said to you, Newcastle have signed Chris Wood for, what, 20 million. And Arsenal can't get anything for guys like Aubameyang, for guys like Uzo. And I think Pepe was the record signing also. His contract is not too far from running down. And he's also maybe going to leave for free. Whereas Dombele is back at Lyon
0: for what we believe is
1: 50, euros. You guys could, you guys could have
0: benefited from getting a Todd Cantwell.
1: He's gone to Bournemouth. He's gone to Bournemouth. Um, oh, although if he wasn't cutting it at Norwich, I wouldn't have
0: wanted to see him at Arsenal. You don't think so? You don't think he was cutting it at Norwich? Well, he's he stepped down. He stepped down a division to the Championship. check at I, Norwich. I, I can't make sense of that move either. But I mean, I, I saw Cancel against United when they were all over us. So like this guy is an offensive powerhouse. But for this game, he's doing what needs to be done, and he's not. He's not your Gallagher. Gallagher is next it's, level. It's levels, yeah, it's but I think in terms of in terms of um when when you don't have your your Party available? Russia. You don't want to have oh, chat. <laughs> <laughs> We're rooting for show <laughs> but I, I think I rated him. I think your options outside of a party, if it's just Shaka and Al Nenni, I, I would have put. A see, that's the thing. There.
1: I don't know what I don't know because the transfer window is closed now. Mm. <sighs> up top is 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 a combination of Mketia, who's running down his contract, and like I said, who's also leaving on a free in the summer, and. Martinelli is not a striker. Uh, he's he's good way he's playing and that's his best position and tried the conversion, hasn't worked. Balogun is out on loan and he's out on loan because he wasn't quite ready to take the step up. So look around, it's like what is the what's the plan there? Heads need to roll, Chad. Yep. Heads need to roll. And if Krunker could figure it out with the LA Rams over in the NFL who are in the Super Bowl like now, I don't know whoever's running the LA Rams, bring them to come run uh the Arsenal, although I think it's a different Um, organization altogether. It's easier to do it there, uh, whereas at Arsenal, as I'm saying, it's a different case. But, yeah, man. um, It's not looking very good uh, for Arsenal. And with with regards to Aubameyang, before we we close this out, his Mm teammates now at Barcelona, which he may have not thought would have been his teammates. Dembele, according to Laporte, um, (laughs) the president of Barcelona, they had had two deals on the table for him. Him and his agent turned turn them down and he says they believe that um, he's, he's got a deal in place with, I think, an English team for the summer to, le- to leave for free. So now he's at Barcelona and they don't want him and they were ready to give him a move and he's like, nah, I don't want to um, land you guys any money for me. You're going to keep paying me and I'm going to remain here. So what do they do with him for the rest of the season?
0: I think just freeze him out, man. Just like they do with Rabiot at PSG because... But they're killing play- him, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. PSG, I have- Okay, I I don't have money to play. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. oh, maybe they do.
1: They're signing a butcher.
0: Yeah, so I saw, actually. Um, But I'm going to ask you, because Tempele's had a nightmarish time at boss I don't know why he'd want to stay. Um, Maybe just stick it to them because he's unhappy, but I... I Log- logically, he needs to start afresh somewhere else, um, and move. And I don't know why he didn't take this opportunity because the sooner the better, I believe, for this man. Um, but I'm gonna stay, especially if the, cl- the 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 club president has said this and Chavio said this on numerous occasions. this guy should leave if he doesn't want to sign, he should leave this window. Like and somehow is, the guy is out and loud
1: about it. Yeah. they don't want him anymore. They're not
0: hiding it. It's not behind closed doors. They're saying it to him. They're saying it to the public. Which the guy? Why? But he refuses. So, I mean, usually when when Clubs have. I mean, Diogo Costa and Okante. When that situation ended up, Diego Costa wasn't playing, yeah. and we know how that happy, how that played out. So, if if it's clear that they don't want you, you are not gonna play. Um, even though they're paying you. Um, but I'm asking you, it's, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. Boss have got themselves into too many too many of these situations, and that's why they are where they it's are. like, Don't you learn?
1: You know, you know the thing. The only thing that I can think was the reason behind Dembele making this decision is the fact that he ends up going to one of those two clubs which um, had put money on the table to sign him. Except for the fact that if he goes now on a free, uh, him and his agent can negotiate that that transfer fee, since he's on a free now, that transfer mm-hmm. fee can be converted to a signing-on bonus or his, his own wages. So rather than Barcelona getting some of the money, mm-hmm. all that money is coming to him and his agent. Because if the story that um, Mbappe is going to Real Madrid is to be believed, yep. uh, and, and the wages that are being bandied about of 800... Yep thousand a week the only reason that is realistic is because roma trade were ready to come in with 200 million for mbappe and now he's coming in for free so there's a 200 million that's sitting there and mbappe knows that his agent knows that everyone knows that so if you are now talking to roma trade and you're a free agent you can go wherever you're not mm-hmm. you're not obliged to go to roma trade so, okay if you guys are going to be paying me 400 tack on 400 more on top of that it doesn't quite get up to the 200 million i'm still saving you some money because you're not having to power ways all that money. And so I think something similar, and I think mm-hmm. this is what these players are doing now, that, well, if you can manage to go for free, you know that there was a, a, tra- a budget for your transfer at the other on the other side. And when you're negotiating, stuff, like, okay, let's look at that mm-hmm. amount, you know, and how much of that can be redirected towards my coffers. And and if that's the case that's smart of dembele um he's he's earned all the money at barcelona he's robbed barcelona that's smart yeah, fortunately because how many people want to take
0: that risk with dembele because i mean you can be a free agent and get your money but it's that's if you're high on the demands list how I don't high know is where he, he
1: ends up like because even the report of
0: the two premier league teams i, I don't know who i heard a rumor of chelsea but uh, as if chelsea want to add more players who are not really... Decisive. You must you
1: must be in a position like where you don't need him to perform at his absolute best. You don't need him. Where it's a matter of if it pans out, you you are you are just overpowered, you know. And if it doesn't, this is something you're expecting and you are not dependent on him. And there's not too many clubs outside of Manchester City that I can think of who can just take on um that that injury history and, and, and the wages that come with him to say, Well, stay on the treatment table, you know. Newcastle are another, like, uh, uh, another team I can think about who they can take him on because they've got the money. Um, they're go not the going to feel
0: it. It's got nothing to lose there. So, yeah. Because, I mean, if the, the Premier League is fast and more physical as it's been described, it's not the place Dembele wants to go off the back of that injury record at Barcelona record. to just test his body again to the to the limit.
1: Man, no. I heard Arsenal being mentioned. I was like, I live through Abu Dhabi. <laughs> so I, I don't want we that. We don't need that. And, 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 and there is no, there's nothing Chuck that says He's suddenly going to be Healthy Literally there's nothing In the four years Whatever However long he's been at Barcelona That says to you Oh no You know what Maybe if he's with us We've got what
0: Better medicine We've got better treatments Available to us It's a risk Because even when he's Played for Barcelona This season His, his form is been patchy he have a good move And then does something Stifling And you don't really Understand what to. why Are you puzzling right and now And then he's not so injured Before he really Finds his form So I, and as, We'll see that's we'll, we'll, we'll
1: just see Um think that's it for us for for for, for this episode of tourfront um you can follow us on, on on social media we are two up front the two is now in words not in numbers anymore we are at two up front podcast on twitter two up front podcast on on uh, pod sorry on instagram as well i am j underscore Zulu chuck is at chuck two up and you can give us a follow to interact with us we love hearing from you guys and chuck will let you know what we'd like to engage with you this week
0: all right, guys. Um, let us know what you make of the Australian Open, both men's and women's finals. Are you ready to crown Novak Nadal as the king of the men's game? Or is that reserved for the likes of Djokovic, the likes of o Roger Federer? What do you make of uh, Daniel Medvedev's display? Also, Ashley Barty makes history as the first uh, female female, or rather Australian to win the U.S. Open on home soil. What do you make of those exploits? And then lastly, transfer season has concluded what transfers caught your eye and if you could sum it up in one emoji how do you describe the dembele move or rather the lack thereof this is chuck and i'm out Stealing money from <laughs>